for those of you who are joining us online, we're so continuing on with our sermon series that is titled Peeled, Reveal, uh, Revealing the Fruit of the Spirit. Before I continue on, I do want to say thank you so much to Pastor Gill, uh, for Corey and Eric Tuma, where two weeks ago they brought the message on patience. And last week, we had a special guest of Ms. Kelly Rokita, who brought the message of kindness. She is the director of Open Arms and our Kidsit programs here in our church. And I want to make sure that uh, I didn't forget about you. For those who are children here in our uh, sanctuary, we do have the sermon bingo. The, so the instructions are there. Make sure you fill it out, and you can turn it into the Kidman table after the service, so that way you can get a reward. Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, today uh, we, we, we discussed throughout this series of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. Today we are going to be going into a little deeper in the word of goodness. All right, that's based on the book of Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 to 23. I'm going to ask you to please open up your Bible or your devices. I'll be reading from the NLT version. The Bible says this. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Now let me remind you that the Apostle Paul had received the report that the churches that he had started in Galatia had fallen into hard times. Specifically, they had fallen into error. You see, there was a group of Judaizers who had gained an influence in the Galatian church. This was a group who wanted to make a requirement, the Mosaic law, in the Christian faith. And that's why we believe that the Apostle Paul, when he was writing this letter to the Galatians, he added that second part of that verse 23 when he said, there is no law against these. Now, of course, these things that he's talking about is the characteristics of the fruit of the Spirit. Now, today, again, as I mentioned, I want to go a little deeper into goodness. Can you say goodness? Let's focus on this word uh, of how it is written in this letter of Galatians. Now, part of that is you have to understand the Greek word for goodness is agathosune which actually uh, takes place four times in the New Testament, this being one of them. Agathosine. All right, so part of that is understanding the word and where it comes from. It, it does not mean, you know, to, it doesn't mean to uh, seem to appear in the secular Greek. Secular goodness, or well, we can probably remember, you know, what people, when talk about secular goodness, sometimes we say the word good uh, too often and we lose its meaning. The good that we think about is different from the agathosune that the Greek is talking about. When we think about good, oh, that person's good. That man, he's, he's good or, or she's good. Oh, have you gone to that restaurant? Oh, isn't it good? I mean, for me, it's like, yeah, I went to that restaurant and that surf and turf, oh, baby, that's so good of a dish. I mean, talk about a good juicy steak and then a lobster, if not a lobster, a bacon-wrapped scallop. Oh, man. Hey, baby, if you're watching online, you know, I think we're gonna, we have our meal menu for tonight, right? But we think about the good, you know, oh, doing good this or doing good that. It is so different from the agathosune that we're talking about here. 
We think about moments when the mother or, or parent used to tell you when they used to leave you be, uh, uh, in, in the location, they say, be good. We knew what the, what the, the mom or the parent uh, said when they said, be good making sure that we did our chores, that we didn't fight with our siblings, that we made sure that whatever, it was just to be good. And how about the times when, uh, maybe you haven't gone through this or not, but I've heard a comedian, I loved it, I, I was laughing so, lo so, so loud. He was mentioning how, I, I'm not going to do it all verbatim, but his experience when they would go shopping, to a store, his mom would go and park the vehicle and he and his siblings would be there. And then the mom turns off the vehicle and turns to them and starts giving them the instructions of how to behave and be good in the store. It's more like saying, let me tell you something. When we're going to go in that store, you're going to be good. You're going to be by my side. In fact, there's so many things in that store, I don't want you touching nothing. In fact, I don't want you looking at nothing. <laughs> And if you, uh, if you be good, I'm going to allow you to push the cart. And because I'm giving you the responsibility of pushing that cart, you're going to be good and not ram the cart and behind my heel. You understand me, boy? <laughs> yes, I understand, Mama, but I have a question. Well, what's the question? What do we get for being good? You get to go back home with me. That's what it is. <laughs> So the goodness, ladies and gentlemen, the good that we think about and we utilize on a regular basis is so different from the agathosune. This is defined as the intrinsic goodness, especially as a personal quality. As relating to the believers, it is the goodness that comes from God and showing itself in the spiritual moral excellence or virtue. So today, again, we're going to go deeper into the goodness by first understanding where goodness comes from. We will then hear why it is so important to not be disconnected. And when, with that understanding, how we put into action in producing such fruit that is pleasing to God. From the very beginning of time, we come understanding of that everything God did is good. He created the world, and after each day, he confirms that it was good. Now, I don't have time to share with you and go into the, the, the Bible, but I do encourage you to later on today and throughout this week to go into the Old Testament, the first book of the Bible, Genesis, the very first chapter, and you are going to see how good God is. You see, God is good, and everything he does is good. What he approves as being good is good. Goodness is the expression of the very character and nature of God. The highest standard of goodness is God himself. Now, goodness is the expression of the very character and nature of God. Now, goodness was God was good yesterday, he is good today, and guess what? He's going to be good tomorrow. He, it is who he is, and no one can or will ever change that. God's goodness never diminishes because he is absolutely, infinitely, positively good. 
God's goodness is great and his greatness is good. You see, God is the only one whose standard is absolutely perfect. God's goodness is the only one that we talk about absolutely holy. God is the perfect expression of goodness. God is so good that the Bible reminds us in Mark 5, 45, it says, He gives the sunlight to both the evil and the good and allows rain to fall on the just and the unjust. Knowing this, how about if you join me in reciting the words that most of us know by heart, God is good all the time, and all the time, God is good. Now listen, I can continue on and on to tell you how good God is. I'm sure you have stories about God's goodness, and I encourage you to share them with others. In fact, I want you to share them with me. Send them to my email address at pastorricky at newhanoverumc.org, and then I'll respond to you, or I'll call you. We can talk. We can pray together and talk about and focus on how good God has been to you. It is not the goodness we think of on a secular basis. Now, knowing that goodness is God, it leads us to our second point I want to share with you today, and that is the importance of not being disconnected. We got to make sure we're not disconnected, ladies and gentlemen. Remember that in John 15, Jesus told his disciples and reminds us that he is a true vine and the Father is the gardener. The gardener prunes us so that way we're able to produce fruit that is pleasing to him. When the Holy Spirit produces goodness in us, what does that look like? Remember, Jesus said, remain in me. Remain connected. So what does it mean to be good in God's eyes? For one thing, it clearly means avoiding evil, which the Bible clearly tells us that is the opposite of good. The Apostle Paul put it this way. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 21 and 22, he says, hold on to what is good. Stay away from every kind of evil. Good is the absence of evil. Jesus helps us figure this out. Let's take a look at the, what Jesus said in Mark chapter 7, verses 21 and 23. He said this, for from within, out of a person's heart, come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, uh, wickedness, deceit, lustful desires, envy, slander, pride, and foolishness. All these vile things come from within, and they are what defile you. Then he continues on in Matthew 12, verse 35. He teaches us another important lesson about our hearts. It says, a good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart, and an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. So what does the Bible tell us about good things from the treasury of a good heart? For one thing is it tells us that they come from the place of selflessness, not selfishness. Being good in God's eyes involves an internal, uh, intentional avoidance of evil. 
We have to do our part. When the Holy Spirit produces this fruit in us, we become more like him in our own lives and in our relationship with other people. The Apostle Paul expressed this to the church at Philippi. In Philippians 3, verse 17, he wrote, Dear brothers and sisters, pattern your lives after mine and learn from those who follow our example. Then in 1 Corinthians 10, verse 24, he wrote, Don't be concerned for your own good, but for the good of others. You see, Jesus demonstrated his goodness in the way that he related to people, healing them, comforting them, humbly loving and caring for the despised and outcast. He modeled goodness for you and for me. He also gives us some explicit advice. The scripture that Ms. Kelly Rokita used last week is based on Matthew 25 when he tells us to feed the hungry, to clothe the naked, to care for the sick, to provide hospitality to the stranger and visit the imprisoned. See, goodness places the needs of others before our own. You see, even homebound, We can pray for someone who is suffering or call someone who needs encouragement. Small acts of goodness have a great impact. If we are not connected to the true vine, that means that we are disconnected. What does that mean? And instead of producing goodness that pleases God, you only do good that makes you feel good. Reminded on uh, Luke 6, verse 33, it says, And if you do good only to those who do good to you, why should you get credit? Even sinners do that much. Ladies and gentlemen, when we are disconnected, any type of good we do to others will not give credit to where credit is due. When you are disconnected, you you will only do good to others so they can see you and possibly recognize you. When you are disconnected from the true vine, there's no pointing others to God when you are doing good deeds. You see, there are dangerous pitfalls when we are disconnected. For example, you may currently say or know of others who say these types of phrases. They say, I don't need to go to church. I'm a good person. I don't need to give my tithe to the church. I give it to other organizations or charities that do good things, and it makes me feel good. I believe I'm going to heaven because I have done good to others. But we got to be careful when we have that disconnect, who are we pointing that goodness to? Is it to ourselves or to the God of goodness? If it's to ourselves and we're disconnected, we have to be careful with that pitfall because we're reminded in the Old Testament book of Isaiah, chapter 64, verse 6, when he says, we are all infected and impure with sin. When we display our righteous deeds, they are nothing but filthy rags. Like autumn leaves, we wither and fall, and our sins sweep us away like the wind. 
You see, being connected to the true vine allows you to recognize as well as grow in the goodness of God. Goodness is not just living a virtuous life. However, it also requires putting our knowledge of what is right and wrong into action. This brings us to our third and final point of today's message, putting into action and producing such fruit that is pleasing to God. Why should we do good? Because we represent the Lord, our Savior, by our actions. Without goodness, there is only darkness and evil. It is so important that we live in the Spirit so that goodness can prevail. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, verse 16, these words, it says, In the same way, let your good deeds shine now for all to see, so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. To praise who? The heavenly Father. But there are people in the world, and yes, Christians as well, that when they do good, they have an issue with it when the good they did goes unrecognized. But here, Jesus, ladies and gentlemen, is saying to let your good deeds shine for all to see, but it is not to bring you praise. It is not to bring me praise, but to bring praise to our Heavenly Father. See, the very outcome of the Spirit living in us is evidenced in our goodness. Imagine for a moment a world with no goodness in it, a world without the Holy Spirit pouring his goodness into us. The world will be very dark quickly. If goodness is removed, oh, the darkness. The goodness that we can do, ladies and gentlemen, in acting upon it, uh, the Apostle Paul wrote in Galatians chapter 6, verse 9, so let's not get tired of doing what is good. But at just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. And boy, do we need that during our times uh, today and, and throughout these months as we, it seems like every time something else is happening. But whatever is happening around us, whatever is taking place, we got to understand that it does not change the goodness of God. Our acknowledgement of God's goodness is a testimony of our experience with him. Because God is good, he bestows his goodness upon his children, his sons and daughters who we are. Because God bestows his goodness towards us, we must show goodness to others. And we can do so because we have the, the fruit of the Spirit in us, and part of the fruit of the Spirit is goodness. This past week, I saw a post on Facebook with a quote, you know, an unknown source that read this. Do things for people not because of who they are or what they can do in return, but because of who you are. And who are you? You are God's masterpiece. 
In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, it reads, For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. And we've already began, began this message today of where the goodness comes from, and it is God. From long ago is what he has planned for the goodness in us. And his goodness follows us all the days of our lives. Doesn't that sound familiar? That's found in the book of Psalm 23, verse 6, where it says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. You know, I was driving up this morning over on 422. You know, you got vehicles. They're not, not as heavily trafficked, but what I kept on going back was the rear view mirror like the cars that are quote unquote following me I thought about how every day this scripture sometimes we read it real quick and we miss it it's saying that surely goodness and mercy shall follow me I mean goodness and mercy is following you ladies and gentlemen Sometimes we want to run away from it. We want to run away from it, but you know what? That's not going to change. We want to, we want to run away from the goodness of God. Maybe we want to fall short of his glory. Maybe we want to rebel. Maybe we want to hold bitterness in our hearts. Maybe we want to hold hatred to see if it changes the goodness of God. And let me tell you something, it will not change his goodness. It will certainly change us. But we must understand, and when we look at the fruit of the Spirit in us, it is available. When we give our lives to Christ, and one of the precious gifts that God gives us is his precious Holy Spirit. And by giving us his precious Holy Spirit, he, the Holy Spirit produces fruit in our lives, such as goodness. So you can't tell me as a follower of Christ, you can't be good. That you don't have goodness it is a goodness that's shown from above. Don't do it for your own glory. Don't do it for your own recognition. Anything you do good, make sure that when you are recognized, that you also recognize the creator. That you recognize the giver. You could say, thank you, but I, can only, I only do this for God. I only do this because of what he has done for me. Whatever you may share with the people, don't take the credit, ladies and gentlemen. When you're taking your credit, make, be careful because that means that you are disconnected and you want that credit just to go to you. You want to be lifted up by others. God knows our hearts. It is God's goodness that leads men and women into repentance. And you know what, where God's goodness is shown to us? It is shown at the cross. Where Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, died for you and for me. His blood was shed for our sins. He died, but he rose again. He became the first fruits of our own resurrection. And you're thinking about how good God is. You may be going through things right now, ladies and gentlemen. You'd be like, oh man, when it rains, it pours, and, and it seems like one thing after another, and we've had that type of year. I, I understand that. But don't focus on those things that are happening to you to take your, your sight away from the goodness of God. 
How about we stay, stay firm and saying, God, I know that things are coming my way and I don't like all of them, but I'm so grateful that your goodness still remains. Thank you, God, that you have not forgotten about me. Thank you, God, and I ask for forgiveness for any time that I've done good and I want recognition from my own without giving you recognition. God's goodness is shared, and the reminder of that goodness is at the cross. Let us pray. Loving and gracious, most holy God, we come before your presence. We're so thankful for all that you have done for us, for your goodness, for your mercy. And we read today that surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. God, today is a reminder of your goodness, and let us pause. Whatever we're doing every day, even when we wake up in the morning, just to pause and say how good you are. We pray, God, that the strength you give us, because of knowing the goodness in you, that we can look at our days differently. And we can face whatever comes our way. Because even though we change, you remain steadfast. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to be able to share a few things. Thank you so much. And, and as we continue on with this series again, but two things I want you to do this week, if you can, is to read and memorize at Psalm 23, verse 6, where it says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And every day this week when you wake up, the first thing I want you to do is to recognize how good God is. Before anything else happens, recognize his goodness. That give him all honor and glory throughout the day. Because remember, God is good all the time. And all the time, God is good. May God bless all of you.